All right, we're back now. Tune into SNY's exclusive Mets coverage tomorrow for one of the Subway Series starting with the city pregame show at uh, 6.30, followed by Mets and Yankees at 7.10 as we get ready for Subway Series uh, Part 1. Uh, the Yankees come in, you know, like the Yankees, playing typical Yankee baseball, you know, doing everything right and sitting, you know, pretty and playing great and winning games and you know, flying high. And the Mets, well, things have kind of hit the skids here. Six straight losses. Can't win at home. Uh, can't get the ball out of the infield. Can't even uh, seem to get anything going offensively. Uh, look like the, you know, like the worst offensive team in history and get beat two, te- two straight games at home by Bucks team, which was about the worst team in baseball uh, as they entered New York a couple of days ago. Plus, I told you that it is highly, highly unlikely. I, got, I found that out just before I came on the air that it is highly unlikely that Cespedes plays this weekend. So, and they said underline highly. So it uh, doesn't look like that's going to happen. Nelson Figueroa uh, follows the Mets every day. And Mons told me he gave him a pretty good going over yesterday after the game. So uh, we'll chat with him now and see what's going on. Nelson, welcome. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? All right. Now tell me this. What the heck? Now, tell me, do you believe Cabrera bunted on his own? Do you think someone's protecting someone? And if he, if, he, if he did it, what's going on in his mind? And if not, what's going on in the manager's mind? I, I, I could not. How can you have a guy who's up there and is one of the few guys who can get a big hit and he's hitting from the other side of the plate and you got lefties behind them and you can't score a run and you got a leadoff single and you're going to bunt? I mean, I couldn't believe that bunt. Yeah, about a week ago, he did the same thing with Brandon Nimmo on second base in the ninth inning, bunted him over, wound up being first and third because the third baseman was playing back because they're assuming that Cabrera's going to swing away. Um, I'm pretty sure what happened was that Mickey and or, uh, you know, the bench coach turn around and say, hey, give a look, see, you know, where the third baseman is at. And it's an idea. Probably just put the idea in his head to say that they were kind of going to be in agreement that if the guy was playing back at third base and it looked like something that he could do easily to move him over into scoring position, that he should try it. That's where I think the miscommunication lied. And oh. in, in, if he gave, he didn't give the sign, that, that was for sure. The sign was not given, but if you watch the replays, you could see Cabrera peeking out the corner of his eye, checking the guy at third base, takes that first pitch strike, does it again when he gets the sign the second time. The obvious thing is Mets fans and Cabrera in that situation should be the one that wants to swing the bat because he's Please. been one of the most consistent hitters. Plus, but you can't leave it for the guys behind you who haven't gotten a big hit all year. Uh, that, and that's exactly it. But you know what? This whole notion of pass the baton, the baton hasn't gone much further than, than Cabrera right now in the first half of the season. So I think for him, he's been struggling so much and really struggling from the left side more so than the right side. I'd rather see him take his chances trying to hit the home run. If he's going to go for the bunt, make it a true sacrifice, put it down the third base line a little further, and it works out where Nimmo gets to second base. Who knows if he surprises the third baseman enough to even beat it out, but it was just a poor attempt at a sacrifice bunt and winds up popping it up and the double plays in order, and just when you think it can't get any worse, it does. All right, you might know this, you might not. You might not, because you have to be like pretty much there to know the answer to this question, and that is, <laughs> do you think these players think Cespedes can play and he's not playing, or do you think they think he's really hurt? No, I, I don't think it's a, a Kawhi Leonard situation. I, I really do not. I, I think it's a 
you want this guy to come back and be able to come back for the majority of the season. You don't want him to come back for two days and then have to go on the DL again for an even longer amount of time. So you don't That's think there's a cesspitous problem with the other players? You don't think they have any? No. Okay, okay. So you don't think they're looking saying, where the heck is this guy? Oh, they are saying where the heck is he? Well, I mean, but but they believe he's when they like they when you hear people say, "Hey, he's just not ready," you think they believe that? I think they believe that. I think that uh, we've seen him play. We've seen him trying to play through the injury. So if he would try to play through the injury before they put him on the DL, then I can't see him. Even if he was, he did it last year where he played at eighty percent, and fans just had to accept that he couldn't run at a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. And people were okay with that because his bat is a true difference maker in that lineup. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think that there's anything, anybody thinks he's dogging it or milking it and, and just wanting to sit out. You, it's got to be eating him alive to sit here and watch two runs in the last 42 innings. I mean, it's got to be uh, really driving him crazy. Talking with SNY's uh, Nelson Figueroa about the Mets. All right, I'll, I'll, we'll play this game. It's called... What is wrong with blank? And I can just fill in the the blank, okay? What is wrong with Bruce? Oh, man. I, I wish I could pinpoint it to one thing. I'm just seeing that same Bruce that they got when they traded for him in 2016 where it's the, it's, it's the lethargic swings. It's the just, you know, not focusing on putting a good contact swing on the ball. I, I'm seeing a guy swinging at – O-O pitches that are pitchers pitches out of the strike zone and getting himself out most of the time. And that's really sad because even yesterday we saw frustration finally out of him because he got what he felt like was most of one and put it to the warning track and it wasn't good enough. I've seen a lot of warning track fly balls and that's not going to get it done. I don't need to see fly balls. I need to start seeing some hard contact, some line drives. The other night he had two hits and both hits I mean, we're like a pitcher hitting the ball, so it wasn't anything to really start saying. He maybe he's turning a corner, so he's been lost most of the season. I don't know if it has to do with, you know, the bad legs with the plantar fasciitis and and everything else. He just doesn't look comfortable uh, in the box. He doesn't look comfortable trying to track down fly balls in right field either. And and it's just he he's trying to be that guy, that veteran guy that's out there every day, regardless if he's a hundred percent or not. But he doesn't look like he's all there. What is wrong with Conforto? Conforto is a bigger conundrum. It's the, he, he's back in that mode of he's taking pitches that are hittable pitches down the middle of the plate, and then he's trying to fight off pitchers' pitches and getting stuck in between. And you, we see you know, one or two games where it looks like he breaks out of it, has a couple of hits, hits some hard line drives the other way, and then goes right back into that spiral. So it's one step forward, two steps back. There, there hasn't been any, any rhyme or reason to it for a guy who's kind of gone through this before. You'd think he'd know how to get himself out of it. But when the whole lineup is struggling and you feel like you should be one of the guys to carry the load, maybe to me it's he's putting too much pressure on himself and trying to do too much with every single swing. All right. So, I mean, those two, I mean, Bruce has no homers at – City Field, Conforto has two homers. That's your lefty power. I mean, that's scary when you think about it. I mean, Cabrera's oh, been their yeah. best player. And let's be honest, everyone got really high on Nimmo, which was good. I mean, he's leading the NL in OPS last week and everything else. But here's the thing. He does nothing against left-handed pitching. He doesn't hit left-handed pitching at all. Well, that's one of the things that the Mets have done for years now is that for some reason they baby these guys against left-handed pitching coming up 
and they'll play them against lefties enough so that they're comfortable. They played against lefties, you know, in, in, at whatever level they got drafted at, and they had to show that they could do it then. But once they get into the pros, they skyrocketed through the minor leagues, you know, and then once they got to the big leagues, it was like focus only on hitting righties. And that's really a disservice to young hitters because then they become only able to do one thing. But, you know, Nimmo has... If he's in his contact mode, and we've seen him do it where he's in contact mode, he's put some good contact on lefties, hit the ball the other way, just put it in play. He's got good enough speed to you know, beat some balls out and turn some singles into doubles. But you know, once he hits a couple of home runs, he seems to be one of those young players that gets maybe a little you know, uh, caught up in the I'm going to try and hit this ball deep mode, and you start seeing a lot of swing and miss out of him. He's been striking out a ton lately. Do they need to clear the dead wood off this team? Uh, do they need to get rid of Reyes? Do they need to get rid of Gonzalez and just clear the dead wood off the team? Well, I mean, Gonzalez has kind of been one of the only steadying veteran players. His defense, especially on that left, on the uh, right side. Um, well, let's be honest; know, he, he hasn't hit much. Yeah, two forty-four. Yeah. I get it, but I mean, I mean, look around baseball. You're looking at that Subway Series this weekend. There's one guy batting over three hundred. So it's not the same baseball that we're used to growing up. So I'm looking at, you know, what, what is he doing that lineup right now? And is he a guy that can come through with a hit more so than anybody else? I mean, you're looking at a six, seven hole hitter. We're not talking about a guy in the middle of the road production. If you're going to bring up an impact player that can give you middle of the road production. And I mean, it's not like Dominic Smith is knocking on the door. Peter Alonso is a, a nice option. That well, if you're why is he not here if he's, tw- if he's 23 going on 24 and he's hitting the heck out of the ball? Why is he not here? Uh, this is where the different philosophies don't mesh. Where you have a young, talented player who could be an impact player, the way Conforto was a few years ago, um, it would seem like he would be the guy to call up. Instead, they tried to put Plawecki over there at first base. Um, yeah, because he's, cause, cause and, he's a big bat. That's a, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's historically a big bat. The guy's never hit his whole life. I mean, come on now. That's 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 exactly where they're at, and and they're they're so concerned about guys kind of being overmatched at the big league level and embarrassed. Where I mean, you look across town, and they kind of done it with those young players, and I think they've turned out all right. Uh, the majority of them. Well, I I think you have to you have to kind of in this day and age, if that's the way that that you're going to be moving the organization, or even you're the talking market, thoroughbreds you're versus play. twenty claimers. You know, that's it's a whole different oh, yeah. deal. You know. Oh yeah, but that but that's the thing is that if Peter Alonso is one of your guys, if he's, he's real, he should be up there. He's not. He's not eighteen years old. The guy's twenty three. Correct. Yep. No, I, I I agree. I think if if it's it's that time where you have to start thinking of if you're going to put up a uh, you need a right handed bat, you need somebody with some power, you need somebody who can play first base while Flores is out, then Peter Alonso is a lot better option to have. And if you got, you have to play him because you want him to play, you know, a majority of the time. So you're going to have to play him. Maybe you know that there's a bunch of lefties coming up, but you know, it, I think I like him better than having a Lobatone sitting on the bench and uh, just taking up space right now. Yeah, we're talking with Nels Figueroa. You know, my feeling, and I'm not trying to knock Gonzalez. He had a really good career, but my point is, he got a 690 OPS. If he got a 690 OPS, I got to be looking to replace him. I mean, if I got a guy playing with a 690 OPS at first base, I got to look to replace him. I have to. Only problem is, is that that 690 OPS is a lot better than all the rest of the OPSs on the team. Well, that's what that's I mean. But problem. I got to be able to go elsewhere and find a guy who can replace that OPS. I mean, I got to. And now, listen, I got some guys who aren't doing it. But, I, I mean, if I got an answer in the minors, I got to take a shot at it if, I, if it's me. 
Uh, that that's the way I feel. I feel that if if that's uh, what you drafted him for, you want to see what he's uh, capable of doing, then you have to give him that opportunity. And even if it's for a short amount of time, even if it is only for 10 days until somebody comes off the DL, because like you said, the dead wood is going to have to start getting let go right. when guys are healthy and coming off the DL. So it's going to happen inevitably. If it takes 10 days to show that the kid is not ready, I'd rather see him challenged to prove that he is or is not ready for the big leagues. Reyes, uh, is it time for Reyes? to go I mean he's if anybody was showing anything you know what I mean they're all batting under 200 that that's the problem it, it, it isn't it isn't like there's a guy that you would say okay he's a better option right now I, I, I realize how much Reyes has hurt the team even when he gets a chance to play but it's I mean there is no one there is no guy that they can go to at the minor league level to call up and replace him especially when it's a guy that's not going to play every day. It's not like Reyes is in your everyday lineup. So as a guy coming off the bench, you hope that he can steal a base. You hope that he can, you know, pinch hit every now and then. He's had a, a, a horrible season all the way around, and I'm sure um, if there was any other option, you know, Guillaume came up and he started out with a bang and pulled off very quickly. And, I mean, you're looking at all of them batting under 200. They had a four-man yeah. bench the other day. They had a four or five man bench the other day where everybody except for Mesoraco was under 200. They had six combined home runs between the five guys, and Mesoraco has all of them. So it's not exactly a, a lot of options to go to right now. No, it's a scary looking offense. I mean, it, it really, you look at that and then you look at the Yankee lineup, it's almost like you, you laugh. I mean, it's sailor. It, it, it really is. A, it, it's, it's a joke. I understand that. That's why you have to do. So, and I understand it would, Cespedes would have given them a lift. I mean, there's no question, and they're not going to get that now. And they need Bruce to hit it a couple out of the park and you got to figure he could still do that there's no reason to think otherwise but i just think the guy you know batista and and gonzalez those are not the answers i mean that's not the that's that's not the those guys are not going to be the answers they just aren't you know they got they got to be able to find some more answers than those guys uh, you would you would hope but again it just shows you how bleak it's been down at the minor league level the guys that were doing well and and were possibilities even some of the pitchers that were you know, expected to help out. They they've gone on the DL as well, down in AAA and AA. So it, it, they're really, I mean, it, it just shows the the stark contrast in organizations when you see that the minor league levels are not able to even compete. Even the guys that they have called up, they they, they put them in and they're not ready to compete at the major league level. And I think that's one of the things that they're worried about with Alonzo. That yes, he's having a tremendous season, high confidence, and doing everything he's asked of. Even if you were to move him up to AAA, I mean, then you have Dominic Smith over there already, and, and he's going to be playing first base over Dominic Smith. You're looking at, oh, it's the PCL, it's this, that, and the other thing. But I do think that he is a guy that has to get a look-see without a doubt, especially depending on which way this team goes over the next uh, four series. Look, talking about Nelson Figueroa, uh, what aggravates you the most about this team right now? Um. You know, yesterday the manager said that they were pissed, and as I said on the... He said that last week, too, you know. He said that last week. Yeah, rock bottom. He said that about rock bottom last week, and then you you went six games at home and lost all of those. But to me, this is where my problem was. He said that they were pissed, and that's an emotional reaction. That's in the past tense. You have to play with emotion. You don't 
have to have that emotional response to afterwards. We saw everybody banging helmets for after their, their appearances. You should have been prepared before the series against a team like Baltimore and been able to get more than one run. By accident, you should be able to get more than one run against a team like Baltimore. No disrespect to anybody there, but I've watched the pitchers, Alex Cobb and, and Dylan Bundy. Hey, and Cobb hadn't got anybody out all year. That and I saw plenty of fastballs hittable there, and I saw. And then, the, uh, and then the manager says, "Well, he had a great curve tonight." No, he didn't. No, he didn't have a great <laughs> curve that night. He didn't throw any more curves than he did in any other game. That's exactly right. And my biggest thing is that you have to be able to take advantage of teams. It should be the other way around, that you see a Cobb and you see a Dylan Bundy coming into town and say, okay, this is where we, we started. This is where we go on the attack. And I saw too many at-bats where they fell behind early, got behind and stayed behind 0-2, and then they're swinging and, and missing. And it just looked like you know a lot of the old stuff that the, the Mets have done in previous years, not what this new regime had promised and, and were able to do early on in the season. And did they bring did they actually bring a, a counselor in to talk to the team? Is that true? I mean, I heard the rumor they brought. I should have checked that myself to see if they did. Did they bring somebody in to talk to the team? That almost looks like the natural if they do that. I mean, it really does. I mean, you know, <laughs> looks like that crazy scene in the natural when he shows up and they're talking about losing as a habit and the whole thing. I mean, this is getting sad. I mean, because when I listen to Callaway, it's almost like he sounds like a psychologist. He doesn't. Ta- he, it's almost like he wants to give you these fifteen-minute answers instead of just saying, you know, what we stink. You know, we got to play better. You know, that's the bottom line. And and his managing, I understand he has, we just went through why he's got a very lean roster. So we all admit he's got a very lean roster. Mm-hmm. His moves have been Definitely. weird. They've been very strange. Yeah, there, there's, there's been reasons to question uh, a lot of the moves. And that's one of the things I said coming out of spring training is that the X's and O's, the double switches, the, you know, even having the, the pitcher batting in front of Rosario for so long and then saying how they were going to stay with Rosario only in the nine hole. And we've seen him as high as the seven hole and moving all around and trying to do so many different things. I hate and the I pitcher. I hate the pitcher bat, Nathan. Every time I see a rally killed because the pitcher was up eighth, it drives me nuts. Yeah, and it, when it worked out early in the season, it seemed like a great idea because then you had the Rosario and the Nimmo back-to-back, and they were doing well. And But all it takes is when you see the slump that they're currently going through and you start to question things more and more. And I know hindsight being twenty twenty, we can all sit back and say, oh, well, I would have, I would have. But there are so many moves that we've seen that – ahead of time you're looking at it just like I am and saying how could you or why don't you and that's that's something that's a cause for concern because it's not just him I, I get he has the final say but we were praising that coaching staff for the cross-pollination of how they were working together to, to you know, plan three, four innings in advance and three, four days in advance and all these things. And I'm looking at the way that they're going about their business right now, and you're seeing all these little flaws popping up on things that seem to be uh, you know, commonplace around Major League Baseball and, and the way that they play the game. And that's something that you know, it's, it's really now starting to look you know, pretty bad when you look at the, all the mistakes that are being made or the question, questionable calls that are being made. And just w- like you said with the answers, it, it's got to be, you know what, I, I'm in charge, this is what happened, and that's it. And I think that's what people would respect a lot more. We're talking with Nelson Figueroa. All right, there's been a couple of bright lights. DeGrom's been one. He's been sensational. This has to be wearing on him, though. And now he's going to face the uh, Yankees in a showcase game. And he's got to be, I'm sure, wondering if he's going to get any runs, first of all. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, he's beyond wondering if he's going to get any runs. I just think that as a starting pitcher and you go out there and you go seven-plus and you give up, 
you know, one run or fewer the way that he has and the way he's battled out of jams and, I mean, tons of strikeouts and just really tried to take the bull by the horns and prove that he is one of the elite pitchers in the game. I, I don't think you can concern yourself with the offense. Uh, there, there's nothing you can do about it. There really isn't. I mean, you get your one at bat, you have a chance to maybe, you know, hit a home run. But other than that, you don't. If you focus on that, you're focusing on the wrong things because all you got to do is go out there and keep putting up zeros. People will respect you. People will praise you for your job and the way you handle it. And, of course, these guys are going to say the PC answer. You know, they're still in uniform. Myself, I know what it's like. I've, I've been there before, and it does drive you crazy. But you know at the end that, you know what, if you don't give up any runs and you get a no decision, you're only helping yourself. You're only continuing to prove that how good you are as a pitcher when you don't get a team to score runs for you. Uh do you look at the Yankees? We're talking with Nelson Figueroa of SNY. You can tune in tomorrow to their coverage for Game 1 of the Subway Series, starting with the City pregame live at 6.30, followed by the game at 7.10. Obviously, the Yankees and the Mets for three nights in a row. Uh, interesting matchups. The Grom against Tanaka, who usually gives up a lot of long solo home runs. I don't know if that will happen with the Met lineup. Uh, then you have... German against Matz, who's been pitching very well. And then you have uh, the classic matchup with Severino. And we believe Syndergaard, although they haven't confirmed Syndergaard yet for Sunday night. We think they will. That's the classic matchup there. And Severino's been sensational all year. Do you look at this as something that is a good thing for the Mets right now? To be thrust into this media volcano, full houses, and having this very brawny, very talented Yankee team come to town? I think it's a great thing. I really do. And I think, you know, you should know this by now that good pitching beats good hitting. And if you can match up and the way that the starting pitchers have been pitching, if they can go out there and and shut down the Yankee lineup and be able to score a few runs and find a way to win this series, and that would be huge for them because it doesn't matter. When When it's a full house, it's a full house. It doesn't matter if they're cheering for you, they're booing you. It's a full house. It's energy. When you go out to City Field right now, and with the way that they're playing, not a lot of people are showing up. And right now they're getting booed off the field every inning for something that they're not doing. That will change as of you know this weekend when, with this series, that you're going to hear a lot of cheering going on, whether it be for the Yankees, the Yankee fans for the Yankees, uh, or if the Mets find a way to score some runs and do some good things, then they'll there'll be some cheering as well. So I think you want to have that kind of energy in the ballpark. You want to have, you want to raise your level. And I said that before that I hate the fact that this team seems to play to the level of their competition when they shouldn't be. And uh, the Baltimore series is a prime example of that right there. There's no reason uh, with, you know, one guy in that lineup to beat you and Manny Machado. And you look at a sacrifice fly. And I think a double that he had really with a, hits to beat you you didn't get crushed or anything but it's really even more deflating when it's two two runs scored in your last 42 innings what would you do uh how would you what would you do to short term uh, do you have any answers for the Mets of what they should do short term right now I, I mean honestly it's very tough because there is no I, I've when you talk about a whole lineup going cold, you're looking at eight hitters going cold at the same time. They're just and, and when your best hitter or your most consistent hitter has dropped nearly 50 points over the past month, you, you could just tell he's getting tired. His swings are getting longer. And Cabrera, um, you know, uh, the Cespedes spark would have been nice. Uh, it would have been something that you know w- would have really truly helped. Um, but these guys have to just. Uh, again, to a man, each and every one of them, I, I said it during the post games. You have to look in the mirror. You have to go to sleep pissed 
wake up pissed, show up at the ballpark that way. Be ready to play and prove that you're a much better player than you have been showing as of lately. You get a chance to do that on a daily basis. It's still early. It's still June. It is not September where this is happening. So uh, they're, they're not out of it by a long shot. They just have to start playing much better baseball. And if you can do it against a team like the Yankees, it could catapult you to playing. I mean, they have the next four series are very challenging. They've got Atlanta, they've got Arizona, and they've got Colorado. So it's not going to get any easier for them. It's not going to – nobody's going to, you know, say, oh, what was me? They're going to have to find a way to do it. And the only way to do it is to go right through the Yankees this weekend. Thanks, Nelson, very much for coming on. Appreciate it. You got it, Mike. All right, that was Figueroa on uh, SNY. Remember, you can watch SNY, uh, watch their coverage for the game. One of the Subway Series tomorrow night, City pregame live at 6.30, followed by the Mets and Yankees at 7.10. Tomorrow night will be DeGrom and Tanaka in uh, game number one. Back after this.